I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. No dice. No Jane. She picks and she But hey, we're here. We're here. Sure are for movie six, episode two. Oh my god, it's going so fast already. So fast. Oh shit. Who knew? I like this movie too because it, it doesn't shit done. This movie does not like pull any punches either. It's like we're going like okay, oh shit, yeah, we're in it. Yeah, it could have slowed down a little, a little bit. I would have liked to. Uh, now that you made me sad last season when you were like, "This is our last year at Hogwarts," I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, oh, I want to be in the school longer. <laughs> I know. I'm still waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Still, always. I'll put it on your casket. What was that meme day? the other day that I saw that was like, um, <laughs> the reason you didn't receive your Hogwarts letter is because Voldemort burned all the records of Muggleborns between 1980 <laughs> and, 19 and 2000. Yes, that explains it. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yes, okay, yes, of course. Yeah, that's why I didn't get it. Uh, I will still accept uh, entry. Uh, because I'm already sick of what I'm doing now. Anyway, Yay, let's, adulthood let's sucks. do episode dose. Yes, please. So Slughorn has just agreed to return to Hogwarts to teach, thanks to the trickery of Mr. Albus Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. uh, Dumbledore and Harry walk away and they make their way down the street while Dumbledore explains to Harry his part in Slughorn's return to Hogwarts. He tells Harry that he'll be his the crowning jewel of his collection. Uh, creepy way of saying it, but the concept is creepy to begin with, so I suppose it's apropos. Uh, Dumbledore apologizes for cock-blocking Harry and then drops the bomb that he's not going back to Privet Drive. Surprise! If, uh, <laughs> I don't... I already don't... You know... There's a few things in this scene that I, I don't like. I already don't like that. We've already bitched about it, but that we don't get to see Dumbledore go pick up Harry at the Dursleys, chew them out. Harry has a quick pack of shit to go. Like, so we're already like speeding forward of like, this is why Harry's going to be at the burrow. Fine. I put in this scene, why is Dumbledore unable to make eye contact anymore? And why is he holding that magazine so strangely over his chest? It's he the way he's moving and speaking i'm like what happened did he have a stroke like why is he why is he so odd like why is he suddenly blind like he's look like he's looking up for something like he doesn't he can't look at it's just an odd delivery and like i said i liked you know the last movie at some points i was like yeah that's dumbledore there he is calm confident dumbledore <laughs> let me get this i'm not going to look at you i'm just going to tell you things i'm like all right all right, all right. Okay, so like two things. One, I completely agree. I have to bring back last week's book bitch and say that like chapter three of Half Blood Prince, entitled Will and Won't, yes. is maybe the best chapter in the entire series. Yes. Like it's absolutely my favorite Dumbledore chapter. Yes. And it's a crying shame that we do not get like, yeah, not a moment of that is included in the film. No. Okay. We didn't even see the Dursleys in this movie. No. No Dursleys, no Dursleys. The only explanation I could come up with for the like staring off to the distance was like the constant vigilance thing. Like we could be oh. attacked at any moment. I'm gonna like, 
but that's dumb. It still feels like I just used you in my plan to get a professor back, <laughs> and it went well. But I'm not going to let you in on anything else that you might need to know. Just you're going to the burrow. Goodbye. Like it's ugh. wait until you hear about the other plan I'm using you in. <laughs> Come Surprise! along, little meat sack. Maybe it's going to happen after you die. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's it. He knows it's coming soon, so it's like, oh fuck it, I can't, I can't. It's like making eye contact with a pig. You know, you're going to slaughter. Like, you're not going to do it. Yeah, that's super relatable. <laughs> How many times have you done that in your life? Well, <laughs> my former life on farm. I don't like to speak of it. <laughs> well, boss hog. Oh, God, I could never. Um, also, just FYI, Half-Blood Prince is my favorite book. Uh, so you should anticipate a lot of... Um, but why didn't they include X, Y, and Z <laughs> this season? Uh, perhaps more than usual. So uh, all of you lovely commenters out there who say that we never have anything nice to say about any of the movies, um, that's going to be very true this season. So it's been nice knowing you. Anyway. Buckle up. Moving on. Uh, instead of, you know, delivering Harry safely into the burrow, Dumbledore just plops him down in the middle of the swamp. Okay. Cool. My next note was, why wouldn't he be with him? Like, why does wouldn't he, he be with him? If he's doing side-along apparition, he has to arrive there, too. Yeah. He yeah, can't just drop Harry from the sky. Yeah, that's really what it makes it look like. <laughs> and maybe. I guess the more I'm reading book seven, people can get separated. Well, I'm thinking about the in, in book seven when they're talking about apparition. And, like, remember how Hermione's hand was slipping so maybe it is possible that people can get out of somebody's grip when they're apparating, but not just dropping I mean, them from the sky. <laughs> there was a deep dive that I did for a probably unanswerable question where they were talking about how um, the more advanced the wizard, the less sound it makes when they apparate or disapparate. Oh. Oh, because in the book, like, you'll hear it, especially, and I didn't notice this until after I read that, um, but especially the younger wizards and the house elves, it'll often say things like crack yeah. um, for their apparition, whereas with Dumbledore, it'll just be a little pop in italics. Mm. And it's like, so, I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest wizards that's ever existed. Do I believe that he could maybe do this? Like stop there momentarily enough to just plop Harry down and then leave. But why would he do that? <laughs> right. And into a puddle, like into the water. I'm like, come on now. Like we find out in the book, not in the movie, but remember in the book when they go to the cave and he's like, oh my God, Harry, I'm sorry. I forgot. And dries Harry off after they went swimming in the. Yeah. In the lake. <laughs> like he's worried about Harry's comfort. Like, so for movie Dumbledore, just drop him in a puddle. I'm like, huh. Nah. I guess that's working for somebody. <laughs> He's a pig for slaughter. I know, I know. All Keep right. him safe. Yeah. Anyway, we we're once again robbed of a glorious scene in which Harry and Dumbledore wedge themselves into an outhouse to discuss Harry having private lessons with Dumbledore this school like year. A shed, yeah. Oh, it, it actually is an outhouse that they used to store broomsticks. Oh, ew. <laughs> so it's referred to when they leave as the broom shed, but when they enter it, it they call it an, out, an old outhouse. <laughs> uh, for those young kids listening, an outhouse is a place that people used to shit before there was indoor plumbing. Oh. 
Yes, I have used one. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it either, but I'm pretty sure I, like, on a school trip, we talked about it and saw them. Oh, Mom's Farm had one for a while. That was, like, the bathroom. I think it it wasn't because there wasn't running water yet. I think they were renovating the bathroom. Okay. But it was like, that's the only option then. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Anyway. Now that we're talking about poop. Yee. So instead we get this. <laughs> instead of that glorious scene in the outhouse, we get this rejected scene from Noises Off where Ginny notices Hedwig and Harry's trunk and that kicks off a farcical exchange up the stairwell trying to find him. So many questions. like So many. <laughs> the biggest one being, I'm going to try to, because like, like, wow, we're like two seconds into my notes here and we've already been recording for an hour. Um, (laughs) We have questions. The big, the biggest one being like Dumbledore just plopped him down there in the swamp without telling Molly and Arthur to expect him. Yeah. So how did his stuff get there and nobody noticed? And like, why for her to come down the stairs and be like, why didn't you tell us you were coming? Like, no, every detail of this boy's life is planned out so fucking meticulously. Everyone in the order knows where he is, where he's going to be. This was so dumb. Just like leaning over the railing. Did I hear Harry? Harry's not here. I think I would know if Harry Potter was in my house. Did somebody say Harry? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no one asked for this. Like, I would rather, I liked it better when he dropped Harry off personally at the burrow. And then he doesn't he leave and he tells Molly, like, forever your servant yes or your which is a line servant. that i love it's so adorable and like that's dumbledore so humble that you know thank you so much molly for everything you do like that makes more sense to me than just hey his shit's here <laughs> he'll be coming soon and by the way i'm dropping him in a puddle so he's gonna get mud all over your house <laughs> like rude this is not my this is not my dumbledore no yeah this is stupid like vehemently dislike the one thing i will give it though i said i did actually kind of like the kooky staircase like the actual set piece of the cookie staircase. No, don't defend this. I refuse <laughs> to accept that. Absolutely not. This is stupid. Okay, never mind. I uh, take it back. Um, keep going. <laughs> I have very, very strong feelings about this moment. Anyway, everyone is all happy to have him there, and it's all hugs and kisses. Ron tries to wipe toothpaste from Hermione's face, and it gets real awkward for a minute, and then they all just stand there and like look at each other, and it's like cool, my great note, scene, guys. Excellent my, work. My only note at this point: Ginny is. So stiff. Uh, I have a note about that later, but okay. yes, I agree. Okay. We okay. cut to Ron's room upstairs. The trio are sitting on the floor, burning a bunched up piece of newspaper between them. Okay. Okay, they're teenagers, but like also like not supposed to be doing magic outside of school. Remember though, they're in a wizard household. Right, they can't, you know, determine who's doing it. I that was it. my only theory is like maybe Harry is just trying to stretch his legs, use a spell because he can again. Um, but it yeah. also doesn't make any sense. And also, here's a book detail why couldn't we have made it the blue flames that Hermione was like famous for throughout the books? Oh, those things that start in literal book one and make an appearance in almost every book. Yeah, those. Like that are her iconic yeah. thing that mm-hmm. never appear in the movies. Those yeah, things. Those. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be a fucking crazy idea, right? <laughs> I'm so dumb. Anyway. <laughs> Madness. 
Um, they are discussing the state of things. Ron says Mrs. Weasley didn't think he and Jenny should go back to Hogwarts. Hermione said even her parents sense there's something wrong. Just an aside, could that be because you see them like three or four days a year? And you're a 16-year-old child? We have talked about that. Hermione never has parents. Ever. No, she just doesn't go home. Like after like book four, she just doesn't go home again. Nope. Like, nope, bye. And then she obliviates their memory and tells them that there's somebody else. Like, I don't even know if you had to. to Australia. You were barely home. They didn't know yeah, you. you. <laughs> exactly. How are they? How are the Death Eaters going to find them? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know where they fucking live. You don't even know where they are. Honey, we moved two years ago. Oh, you did. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm at the borough. Bye. Bye. Shit. I'm moving in with my boyfriend at 16 years old. That is kind of what it feels like, doesn't that? Can we talk about anyway. two? Are you going to talk more about this scene with them around the fireball? I mean, I was just going to say that the conversation doesn't really go anywhere. I just wrote something just felt so forced about that scene. It felt like that clunky range of a teaspoon scene we talked about before where they're on the couch and it kind of doesn't really. It starts and stops, starts and stops. It just doesn't feel like a flow, like a normal conversation that you'd see between friends. Yeah, and it doesn't. I guess it just doesn't give us anything. It doesn't give us any new information. It says like Molly was nervous about sending the kids back to Hogwarts, which never happened in the books. Um, and then what? Did we advance a the joke plot about in Dumbledore any way? being old? Right. The only other thing they mention is that people <laughs> are talking shit about Dumby saying he's getting old. Well, no okay. shit. Yeah, I'm like, we know he's old. He was literally born in the 1890s. Like, <laughs> didn't tell us anything new. Yeah, I didn't care for this little scene. I found it the only thing I liked about it was Crookshanks in the background. I think I have that wrong. He was born before that, wasn't he? 1881. Holy shit! Yeah, he's old as shit. Like, I, this conversation just didn't need to happen. I didn't. I it was trying to show the trio back together again, and like, but I don't know. I've I met up with friends that I haven't seen in a long time, and it's like nonstop flow of talking, and this just felt stiff and weird. Stiff and weird. So yeah, so they're doing a little friend scene. It's just clunky. I didn't need it. No, but it gets the chop for me. Next, we find the two black sisters making their way through the narrow alleys of Spinner's End. Was we don't know their, it's called that. In was the, that their maiden the... name was Black? Yeah. Shit, really? Yeah. Narcissa, Bellatrix, and Andromeda. I did Sirius's put, cousins. I did put, though, as much as I didn't like the scene we just came from, this one instantly makes up for it. <laughs> oh, wow. I disagree. Oh, please. Okay, keep going. So we don't learn in the movie that it's called Spinner's End. And I don't know that it's ever actually referred to in the books as Spinner's End outside of the uh, chapter title. Hmm. I would have to go back and check. Anyway, Bellatrix is imploring Narcissa not to go through with whatever she's there for. But Mar Narcissa goes ahead and knocks on a door anyway. They're led in by Wormtail. Why they chose to include him in this moment is fucking beyond me because all he does is lead the women into the sitting room and doesn't he doesn't even have a line. Nope. Like they find Snape in the sitting room and he like slams the door in Wormtail's face. Yep. I don't know. I look, I have some thoughts on this scene. First of all, Snape's blowout, fabulous. Second, <laughs> Bellatrix looks like she's about to hop into the Matrix. Third, I understand that they're being deliberately vague about 
everything that they're saying, both to prevent people, the audience, muggles, from yeah. guessing the ending, but also to obey Voldemort's orders about not discussing the plan, blah, 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 blah. But we don't even really get, until they're making the unbreakable vow, we don't even really get that Draco has been given a task by Voldemort. No. It's all just like, I don't know what to do. I tr He trusts you. He told you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. We're playing the pronoun game. We're not saying who. <laughs> it's all stupid. So fourth, Narcissa is not nearly distraught enough. In the book, she is nearly inconsolable in mm -hmm. fear for her son. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I really feel strongly that that was a necessary bar to hit to reinforce the fact that she would put her family ahead of her allegiance to the Dark Lord. Yeah. Like, we needed to see how upset she was, how at a loss she was, how at the end of a rope she was, to understand what she does at the end of the eighth film. Yes. Oh, that's because a really here, good point. This is just like a casual conversation between friends. Like, oh, do you think you could help him with his math homework? He's struggling so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels like a boring business meeting until my girl HBC comes in with this bomb-ass monologue about Snape being a little bitch and intimidates him into making the unbreakable vow. But even that monologue is short and vague. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay, I guess what I liked about it was, again, what I think we've talked about in the other movies, the grown-ups are here. <laughs> the grown-ups are here yes, doing a scene. Great actors, all in the same room. Um, yeah, and it... Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that, that it's like, it's not enough information for us as the audience to care about it. And it kind of doesn't really, does he even mention it later? I thought, oh no, he does. Okay. So we did need this to set up later when Harry overhears Snape say, I made the unbreakable vow. And then Harry has to wonder what that's about. Yeah. Sure. That's again, that a lot of work for something that doesn't pay off. No. Because, well, here, I'd also like to note a book bitch. Well, two. Two book bitches here, really. First, I love the standoff between Bellatrix and Snape in the book, where he responds aggressively to every question that she hurls at him. Yes. Because that is Snape. That is characteristic of him. She, her calling him a coward, he responds so strongly to that word. Like, that is such a trigger for him that he goes off and he's like he lists every single one of her questions and he's like this is why come at me bitch and two we never learn about the unbreakable vow in the movie so it's not adequately impactful we never learn that you die if you break it we do when Ron, not here not in this moment no 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 later when okay, Harry I'm says, forgetting that scene for sure then. I know. I hadn't watched this in a long time, but no, later, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what, why we're doing this is because later, Harry at the party, it's like Horn's party is going to overhear Snape say that to Malfoy. Then when he brings it up to Ron later, he says, what does that mean? And Ron says, or he goes, what happens if you break an unbreakable vow? He says, well, you die. So it is setting that up, but it is, there's just so much more in the book that happens. It's a whole chapter. And this very short scene kind of doesn't, it doesn't provide much like at least in the book it tells you why what that snape is a double agent which we don't get in the movie like not until well obviously later when he runs off with everybody but yeah right he, i mean he makes that line in the scene about um 
fooling, deceiving. One of the greatest wizards of all time. One of the time. greatest wizards of all time. Um, but I don't know, whatever. To sum up the scene, Narcissa goes to Snape to take over Draco's assignment. Bellatrix mocks him into promising that he will. Now, I generally have next to nothing to say about Alan's performance. I think he's a brilliant actor. But his choice while taking the vow was odd. Like, he looks scared. He looks terrified. He looks vacant at one point, like almost asleep with his eyes open. Is he just thinking about how he's going to have to kill Dumbledore? And that's going to be one of the hardest things he's ever ever done. Is he just thinking about how everybody's going to think he's this horrible person and that he was really a Death Eater the whole time, even though he's really loyal to Dumbledore? Like, okay, I could read all of those things, but it just doesn't... I feel like for a muggle, it doesn't come off that way. He just looks like... He looks upset. <laughs> yeah, he looks upset. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what are you doing? You offered this. Like, you yeah. offered. <laughs> What's it? Beltrix just said, swear to it. And then, right? And then... Take the unbreakable vow. Yeah. So, maybe she, so she does goad him into it. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought she's a perfect brat in this scene, though. She is glorious. Yeah. I just, I, wow. I adore just, her. It didn't do much, though. Like, it, we were supposed to also know that be- Wormtail being there was as part, like, part of an assignment from Voldemort. So that yes. that is telling the audience that, yes, he's a double agent. Like, yes, he is working with the Death Eaters, I guess. But, yeah. But, know. like, here we're just a little bit like, what the fuck is Wormtail doing there? <laughs> yes. We don't even necessarily <laughs> know that this is Snape's house. Nope. Like, this could just be a, a Death Eater location. Details, details, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Fortunately, we get to jump next to Diagon Alley to see Fred and George's new store. I have to say, I appreciate the exterior. Mm-hmm. I think it's delightful and fanciful. I'm a little bummed that we don't get like a marquee somewhere that says Weasley Wizard Wheezes. Okay. Yep. It is inside. I noticed it a little bit later. Uh, on the interior of the store, but not on the outside. I do love their tagline, uh, Makers of Modern Magic. That's cute. That's painted above the window. I had to skip back, though, to confirm what it said, because at first I thought it said Makers of Modern Mischief, which I actually think is a little bit better, but not to pat myself on the back or anything. But I I, I (laughs) You should have been consulted. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 19-year-old me really should have been brought in. And I should have been in the set director. Um, I said I did appreciate that just like in the book, this (laughs) the store like assaults your eyes. Like the (laughs) remember they said like the whole alley, and they do that really well. The whole alley is like blacked out and closed up and boarded out, and then they're just this bright, insane orange store. (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah, this was well done. This was well done. I missed the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be Unopu or Unopu. Unopu. <laughs> I think it's Unopu, but I said all of my life Unopu until I realized that they were, it was a play on you know who. Yep. Um, the constipation sensation that's sweeping the nation. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's. That was a fun detail that I was like, that would have been fun in the book, but, or in the movie. That's that's fun. fucking stupid, and I, I, I love it. Um, inside the store, we see, well, I, we see a lot. Yeah. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some shout outs, and I'm sure that you have more because you have a much keener eye for these things than I do. We I see. Didn't write one. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I just, I just, I lived in the scene and I was just happy. So I was like, I thought, I thought that too. I was like, I should probably pay closer attention. I'm like, no, I'm just happy. There's some weird shit. Uh, some things that like have no explanation. Like there's this display of what looks like fried eggs. Um, Uh I don't know what that was, but anyway, um, as we go in the window, we see more of their tiny fireworks flying around like we saw last year. That's cool. Uh, we see a fanged frisbee, which I think is the only time we see one in oh, I miss the that. movie. Um, I don't Shit. think they're even really mentioned in the movie. They're no. mentioned a bunch of times in the book. Mm-hmm. We see a large box of nauseous jumping snakes being <laughs> okay. carried up the stairs past the twins as they, they're like standing on a landing barking about all the products from their skiving snack boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a wizard version of a hand buzzer. Were these called something else when we were younger? That thing that you like palm. Yeah, you have it in your hand. And you shake someone's hand. It's like I a don't joke. think it was a buzzer. It was something else. It, it, it had a name, but I I can't remember it, and <laughs> Google wasn't helping me. Mm, I think I don't know. A buzzer sounds right. That's all I was finding too. I swear it had a name. Maybe it was like a colloquialism for the Midwest that I'm just not, it's just not coming back. Is the upper. No, I don't know. Is the upper. Um, there's a little miniature umbrage riding a unicycle on a trapeze wire <laughs> with like one of those. Uh, Yokes. Um, yeah, over her back balancing what looks like two buckets of milk i don't i don't get that at all but it is screaming i will have order (laughs) i definitely had never seen that before because i paused right before that and um the app does the like what actors are in this scene and when you pause it and um imelda popped up i'm like imelda is not at yeah their store what the fuck oh she got voice credit and then i heard her voice the i will have order like oh okay there she is there you go you (laughs) work those residuals i was just gonna say i wonder what she made from that good for her uh they have a product called sticky trainers that let a kid walk up the wall Mm -hmm. of course we have peruvian instant darkness powder Uh, and of course, uh, we have the love potions. I also, I, I just noticed the first time I signed for the edible dark marks that the twins reference in the book that um, are supposed to make your friends sick. I saw those on like the back of a, a, a display, a sign for those on the really? back of a display while Ginny and uh, the twins were talking to Ginny about Dean. Mm-hmm as well as the cages with the pygmy puffs that are chilling out behind Ginny during that same conversation. It's real cute. Um, Hermione gets eye-fucked by Cormac McLaggen, <laughs> who is a damn snack, by the way. <laughs> like, wow. I don't, I don't like blonde men. Oh, oh. Wait, by the way, I, I looked it up. He was, uh, he, he was 20 when he filmed this, so it's not Ooh. as weird as it sounds. <laughs> Okay, you're allowed then. You're allowed. You're allowed. Okay. He was 20 and I was around that age, I think. 2009? Yeah. Is that when this came out? I believe so. It's nine or seven. Okay, well, I was around 20. It's totally fine. Um, Wait, no, no, no. Yes, that's right. Because he's 35 now. I looked this up. So yeah, I would have been 19. 
Yeah. Wow. That's gross. He's even hotter now. Go on. Um, I just remember thinking that the little containers that the love potion is in. The little heart or they're like little heart bottles. Uh-huh. Did you think it was vaginas? Oh no. Oh god. Oh, no. I for sure thought I for I for sure thought it was like a vulvular reference. Well, they're little heart-shaped <laughs> bottles. I just remember thinking those were cute and I wanted one. Why would oh, you think no. it looks like a vagina? Not the bottle, the display that it's in. Oh. It's a fucking vulva. Oh, yeah, no, the display. Okay, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can put a screenshot of that up to attest to that. Yes, it is odd. <laughs> oh, great. Yes, yeah, screenshot of vulva. <laughs> I meant the display case. You sick son of a bitch. I wonder why we haven't gotten any sponsors yet. This is What's weird. What's so weird? <laughs> I can't get it. Uh, there's this... Uh, yeah, so uh, McClagan is out here trying to get some V... And Hermione quickly puts down the love potion she was inspecting. There's a little bit where Ron tries to get a discount on the stuff that he has and or something that he has and the twins, of course, deny him and then say they're going to charge him double. Classic Fred and George. Very funny. Um, Lavender says hello to Ron as they pass by. And good Lord, the thirst. Ma'am, have okay. a seat. You're 15 years old. Like, you are parched. Well, Do you see like, how she's, like, biting her lip? Yes. She's like, good. Like, it was a full-on, like, bend me over this display, Ron. <laughs> like, Let's just say it's, like, um, or wait, it's like the summer of hormones. Like, everybody just discovered that they want to fuck. Like, Cormac's oh on God. Hermione. And, yeah, it's it's weird because it's, like, you guys have, like, <laughs> also, you know, you know each other. Like, you've known each other for years. So it's, like, the summer of sexual awakening of, you know what? You know what? Can we talk about how much of a hypocritical gay man I am by saying two lines prior to this? <laughs> like, Cormac McClagan is a snack. And now I'm like, Lavender, calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Sit down, Lavender. Um, what? Wow. Uh, anyway, finally, the trio exits the store. We see a mini Hungarian horntail, maybe Harry's? question mark Where? roasting chestnuts in a dispenser in that little oh dispenser outside it like flies funny. around and then like but like where do you get a mini hungarian horntail i feel like it has to be harry's right yes this but is it, a new harry a potter theory you heard it here first <laughs> but it looks slightly bigger than maybe it grew that was two years ago <laughs> the little model he was given yeah Huh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's, it probably is. They didn't know what to do with it yeah. afterwards, so they just <laughs> kept it. Right, put it in this tiny little box. For its whole life. That's cruel. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And aside, uh, you can purchase any of the items I just mentioned online or at the Harry Potter stores. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> excluding, ex only excluding the miniature umbrage, which I'm sure you can probably find on Etsy. Searching it. Yay, capitalism. Again, why do we have no sponsors? Come on. Come on. I don't get it. It's <laughs> wild. Anyway, the trio make their way down the alley, which looks very different from the Diagon Alley that we know and love. Mm -hmm. Everything is dark and closed up. They pop into Ollivander's old shop for a moment just to confirm for us that it was him that we saw in the first chunk being dragged out with a hood over his head. And Ron through the burnt-out window spots Narcissa and Draco looking a little shifty. You can peep some goblins behind there having a gay old time. And Narcissa and Draco take off around a corner, and that is where we're going to leave it this week. And yes, you can purchase a cycling Dolores Umbridge. 
toy. Called it. God damn it. Movie speaks so much funny. Wait, did you yeah. ever make it to the Harry Potter store though? Like, we were supposed to go that day. Right. And we never went. Mm-mm. I've been there a couple of times. I know, and you keep buying things. <laughs> Didn't you say like the last thing you brought back? Yeah. Did you bring back oh, like I've... the hockey, the something? Uh, I returned the Marauder's map because it sucks. Oh. It's fun? not actually a map. It's nonsense. No. Yeah, it's real stupid. And I was like, I did not. I don't. I don't want this for forty five dollars. No, thank you. Ew. No. Mm -mm. These milking motherfuckers. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're leaving it for the week. Do you have questions for me? I so do. Uh, What are you going to market the fuck out of and make billions off of? Because (laughs) yeah, capitalism. What am I gonna keep? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Just the whole shop. The whole Weasley shop is like a fun experience. I should have looked around more because now I'm going to go back. I want to see the fanged frisbee and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's really subtle. It flies past. So Fred and George are on that like landing. Yeah. When you were like first coming into the snap. scene. Uh-huh. And it okay. like flies past them on the left. I am excited to go back and look at that. Okay. What would you <laughs> market the fuck out of and keep? Um, I'm very tempted to say the joke shop as well because it's great. Uh, I think they did. I think they did a really great job capturing the essence of Fred and George. Yeah. But despite my complaints about the scene as a whole, God, I love Helen Bottom Carter's performance in Snape's sitting room. <laughs> and you didn't like the, the coat, or wait, you, you didn't like her. You didn't like Bella's outfit, but I love Narcissus. I love Narcissus. That, holy shit yes. that coat i want it and yeah. her dress everything her whole outfit so good. Like, I want this. narcissa looking like she's in the matrix is hilarious excuse me uh bella Belladrix. looking like <laughs> she's in the matrix is hilarious I, i've never heard that comparison but that's uh, accurate because yeah. we go Pretty from good. like cloaks and a uh, dr doom mask to long leather trench coat Okay. Well, she could almost like walk into a Renaissance fair too. Where like yes, yeah, she's little... got the wand. <laughs> she's already and her like spiral perm is so fly in that scene. They give her a new weave. She's living her best life. <laughs> it's perfection. Okay. That moment when she like circles around him and she like puts her chin on his shoulder when she's like slither back into, into his, his hole. hole. Like, oh my God, she's great. She makes amazing choices. Um, what are you gonna drop in the swamp? <laughs> <laughs> like Dumbledore plopped Harry? Shit. Yep. That's funny, because I was said, I actually don't like Dumbledore in this scene. Like I don't like, I said, I don't like suddenly blind Dumbledore. who's just like looking off into the distance and not looking at Harry. I don't like it. Yeah, no. That didn't work for me. <laughs> what would you plop into a swamp? I'm gonna go with that community theater production of Noises Off when Harry arrives at the borough, because I don't need it. Y'all, if you don't know what Noises Off is, go and read the script or watch it. It's actually a pretty decent movie as well, but it's even better if you can see it somewhere. It's a glorious farce by an author named Michael Frayn, I believe. Okay. Do you have a pukey puke this week? I got a puke. Okay. I want to hear it. I want to maybe answer it. (laughs) It's kind of simple. Okay. But not. Um, it was inspired by the end of the third Fantastic Beasts film, which we don't actually talk about a lot about uh, on this podcast, weirdly. 
But Dumbledore finds a way to break the blood pact. And That's I don't want to go into everything there. If you don't know what that is, we'll get to those movies eventually. So just keep listening. Eventually. <laughs> and so it kind of got me thinking with this scene or with this chunk, like, is there a way out of an unbreakable vow? Was oh. there something that Snape could have done to get out of it? I thought he already did. I thought he had his fingers crossed behind his back. Like when you lie to somebody. <laughs> <and> he... <laughs> I will. And his fingers were crossed. Yeah. On his other hand. Okay. So what did you find out? I mean, the short answer is no. I, oh. I actually did a lot of digging, but there's, there's no way out of it. Shit. Really? There's also not like a lot of research or literature or information, however you want to put it about like what happens like do you just drop dead like you were hit with avada kedavra do you like slowly decay over time is it a slow miserable yeah. death like we don't really know i couldn't find an answer to that what i could find is that there does seem to be a lot of leeway in semantics because Oh, it's how you know, you're phrasing the... Right. How are you phrasing the vow? Like, I think that the line in this scene goes something like, will you, to the best of your ability, yes. watch over Draco? Like, okay, who is the judge of, of the of best of your ability? Like, okay. is it just, is it some empirical, magical force that's deciding, that can see like, oh, you didn't try as hard as you could have, so now you die. Like, <laughs> you die now. Whereas it could be something like, I take the unbreakable vow to kill that muskrat at five o'clock on Saturday, the 3rd of September. Like, then at 5.01, you just drop dead because you didn't do it. Like, you yeah. know, whereas it, it, it made me think about Harry promising to give the sword of Gryffindor to Griphook in, in the seventh book, mm -hmm. where he says flat out, he's like, I'll give it to you. And then he turns around and he's like, but I didn't tell him when I would give it to him. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I will vow to do this thing. If it's not specific, you know, if I say, yeah, I'm going to give this to you. Well, does that mean now? Does that mean 30 years? Does that mean 50 years? Does that mean I'll leave it to you in my will? There's kind of leeway there. The other thing that was brought up, it's also a reference to the uh, Fantastic Beast films, actually, is that it would appear that they can be nullified if the information that was used during the agreement happens to be incorrect. So Corvus Lestrange makes the un unbreakable, not Corvus, uh, use of comma, excuse me, makes the unbreakable vow with his father that he will kill Corvus Lestrange. And so he spends this, uh, you know, obscene amount of time trying to track down Corvus Lestrange to kill him because he took the unbreakable vow that he would do it only to find out that he's already dead. Oh. So his vow is kind of nullified. Interesting. Right? Or reverse of that, say the, uh, the, the language was more specific here in this scene. And Snape vowed to, instead of Draco doing it, to do it for Draco. But then... Draco did it before Snake Snape had the chance to. Mm -hmm. 
what does that mean? Like, is it nullif- Is the vow nullified or is Snape dead because right. he didn't do it for him like he promised to? Why do we have to have this at all? Like, why can't it just be? <laughs> why couldn't Snape have just said, he could have just said, yes, I'm going to try my best. Like, I, yeah, I promise you I'll do even, because they're usurping their master technically they're going around lord voldemort to do this it's like why would you want to put paperwork behind it <laughs> well, not paperwork but like a, <laughs> a paper trail or a bond literal proof that, that, that you, you disobeyed are... your master yes i find that weird but i guess again plot but yeah just pushing it along sure sure interesting to think about Very i don't think that i would ever be making that vow i don't think i would i can barely tell a job that absolutely i'll give you two weeks notice <laughs> like, Oh I don't know. I don't know how I'll feel about this job in a few years. So anyway, with that, <laughs> with yet another We Might Be Awful People, uh, please follow us on the socials, the TikTok, the YouTube, the Instagram, and listen in next week. I don't think I have anything else, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be it. That'll do it. Okay? That'll do. Well, hey, I love you. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Love ya, see ya, bye. Something to do for my birthday instead of wallowing in my oldness. That sounds fun, though. I I did it last year, so you know why why stop a good thing? <laughs> Thirty six. Ew. I still feel 29. I still feel like I'm just figuring it out. Oh, God. I said something the other day about how I still feel like I'm in my mid 20s. Yes. And, and it was totally that moment of like that meme that's like, oh, I'm 30, but I feel 20 until I spend some time around a 20 year old. And yep. then I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm 30. I'm Caitlin, 30. Caitlin told me about her weekend in Vegas. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I could do none of that now. I'd, I'd be dead after the first day. <laughs> like I could do none of what you just described. God damn.